grace and peace to you from God our Father, from our Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We meditate upon God's word this evening, one simple verse recorded in the prophecy of Isaiah, who lived and prophesied 700 years before Christ, as recorded in chapter 30, verse 21. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way walk in it. This is God's word. We begin together with prayer. Dear Father in heaven, on this occasion, as we give thanks for 50 years of ministry, I pray that the words of my mouth, the meditation of our hearts might be pleasing in your sight. We pray this in the name of Jesus, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Dear friends in Christ, In the realm of all of history, 50 years is not much. Not in the realm of all of history, but in the life of a church, in the life of a church, 50 years is not nothing. In the life of a church in our South Atlantic district, you are one of the oldest congregations in the entire country. 50 years, that's an accomplishment. In fact, I consider you experts. Experts in the longevity of of a church and what it takes. Research. I've checked around. I've conducted some interviews. One of those interviews while I was out canvassing, I came to a house and a man was struggling to lift his trailer, his moving trailer, to the hitch of his truck and struggling under the weight of it. So I stopped to help him and I said, here, let me give you a hand. We got the trailer up. I said, that's heavy. What's in the trailer? Loaded with books. I said, I like books. What do you do? I'm a pastor. I said, interesting, you're moving. Why? He said, I made a mistake. I confronted harshly two of the power families in my church. They gave me an ultimatum. They said, you have two choices. You can leave quietly and we'll give you six months salary, or you can leave making noise and you get nothing. One key to longevity seems to be don't anger the power families. I conducted another interview. A friend of mine, he came and said, what does your church teach about the Lord's Supper? I said, well, Scripture says, Jesus says, and we have no reason to doubt our Lord and Savior. He speaks truth. He said, this is my body and this is my blood. God explains to us through the inspiration of the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 10. He said, is not this bread which we break a participation in the body of Christ? This cup which we share a participation in the blood of Christ. We believe that God offers the very body and blood of Jesus with the bread and wine. That's what we get in the Lord's Supper. What does your church teach? He went and asked his pastor. He reported back. His pastor of a local megachurch near ours, his pastor simply said this, the Lord's Supper for you is what you want it to be. We're about gathering people, we're not about divisions and doctrine. Key number two to church longevity, tell the people what they want to hear. You know I'm joking, right? By God's grace, we know that's not true. The key to longevity, the key to the church, 
The key to the church invisible and the key to the church visible is all based and rooted in the word of God. It is rooted in the eternal gospel of Jesus Christ, which does not change the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's the key. That's by God's grace what you know. Today, that's where we focus. This is the word of God. This is at the center of your ministry. And so with the prophet Isaiah, we hear this encouragement. Listen, listen to the Lord's voice. That voice, that gospel, the eternal gospel of Jesus Christ, that has been faithful in your past. That is faithful for your future. Therein lies the key. Fifty years is not nothing. Oh God, our help in ages past. Whether you turn to the right or to the left. And you've done some turning as a congregation. Not all of you. I met only one who was here from the beginning, but you've made a few turns along the way. You started in the YWCA downtown Birmingham. Never been there. Would like to visit. I would hope maybe there's a historical marker there that says birthplace of our Savior Lutheran Church. That would be appropriate. And then you turned. And you went to another location. On Overton Road, used to be one of our favorites. I've spent many hours at meetings there on your Overton Road location. We loved that location, a unique building. And I loved it even more when I saw the history and saw that you bought it, the property, for $22,000. Just think about that. And then you built a facility for less than $70,000, all in $100,000. And then you turned and sold it for a little bit more than that. And then you moved again to a soccer complex, to the right, to the left. And yet the word of the Lord Lord is your guiding directive, strength and power, your anchor in all of those movements. And then you build this, and here you are, gathered as the church, the visible church, our Savior, and here you worship, and here the word of God continues, and God speaks. Wherever you move, wherever you go, God speaks to us, his people, through his powerful word. Just think about that, that God doesn't give us ever, no matter what, the silent treatment. That God speaks to his people in every situation of life, even even when we wander and stray, and even when we don't want to hear him, God speaks the power of his word. He's done it from the beginning of time. Go all the way back to the beginning in the Garden of of Eden. There God said to his crown of creation, Adam and Eve, male and female, this is all yours. Every bit of it. You have a perfect marriage, the only perfect marriage. You have a perfect relationship with your God. I've given you all that you could ever want or need, and I will be your God and you will be my people. Go and live. But don't eat of that one tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You worship me by avoiding that. And yet they listened to another voice, and that voice led them to doubt the voice of God, and they disobeyed the voice of God, and they took and they ate, and God's creation falls into the chaos of sin. And Adam and Eve realize it's all ruined and everything's wrong, and they run and they try to hide from God, and God could have easily, God could have just drawn the line and said, that's it, I'm done. No more. I leave you to your sin and your mess. 
You are separated from me forever. Instead, God goes to them. He finds them as if they could hide. And he speaks his voice. Adam, what have you done? The voice of the Lord. Even when we don't want to hear it. A prophet, a contemporary of Isaiah, Jonah was his name. God came to him, and the word of the Lord came to Jonah and said to him, Go to the city of Nineveh and proclaim my word. And Jonah said, I don't want to. And he got on a ship, and he went the opposite direction. And God intervened, and he sent a storm, and then he sent a fish, and then he gave him a little respite and time to relax and think inside of that fish. And then he was spit out, and then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, the voice of the Lord, and said, Jonah, Would you please go to Nineveh? The Lord speaks to us. His voice speaks to us even when we don't want to listen. I had this friend. He went to Luther Prep School a long time ago. He and another friend got out of basketball practice late one night, and there was a tight window at the cafeteria. We got out of practice. We, my friend, I mean and his friend, they got out of practice, and they went to the cafeteria, and it was 6.59. The cafeteria closed at 7. They jammed down their dinner, stopped through the dorm on their way to chapel at 7.15, but... When they hit the dormitory, they felt a little lazy and full. So they sat down in their beds, just going to take a a brief rest. But then they stayed. And then they heard the footsteps coming down the hallway. Must be the dormitory supervisor checking for stragglers, not going to chapel that night. They hear the footsteps. They dive into their closet. The dormitory supervisor hears the commotion steps into the room, throws back the closet curtain, and simply says this. All that I really want to know is where you boys are going to hide on Judgment Day. The word of the Lord, spoken through his representative, even when we don't want to hear it. My guess is that you have examples of your own, that God has said, Love the Lord your God above all things. You shall have no other gods. And maybe at some point in your life, something competed with God, whether it was family or money or career or something else on Sunday morning like recreation, but something intervened and you heard the voice of the Lord say, I said, love me above everything else. Or your Lord said, love your neighbor as yourself. And you spoke those unkind words to your spouse or to your child or to your neighbor, or to your co-worker, and God said, I said, above everything else, love your neighbor even as yourself. Just think of the grace and mercy and patience of our God, who even when we wander and stray like aimless sheep, even then he comes to us and he speaks to us, and he calls us back through the power of his word, he calls us to repentance, and he calls us to turn. And then he doesn't leave us there either. But he speaks to us. In his powerful word, in his grace and the powerful gospel, our God speaks to us and he points us to the solution for our sin. Just think about it, how Adam and Eve must have longed to hear those words. 
They understood perfectly by faith when God stood before them in their presence and spoke to the devil and said, this is how it's going to be. There will be enmity between you and her. Between your offspring, those who follow you, and those who follow me, her offspring, there will be enmity. And one from her offspring is going to rise up. I will bring one into this world from her offspring who will crush your head, who will undo this entire mess, and will fix and provide solution for my people for all eternity. That's what I'm going to do. And Adam and Eve must have said, thank you, Lord. Solution. That same dormitory supervisor came and found those two, my friend and his friend, and said, you guys should have gone to chapel, you know. You know where you can hide on Judgment Day, right? You can hide the righteousness of your Savior, Jesus Christ, Because even for the likes of you, he went to a cross, lived perfectly, died innocently, that you, that you might be forgiven and that you might stand innocent before God for all eternity, not just now as high school students, but for all eternity in the presence of God without sin, your sins are forgiven in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That's the voice of our Lord, whether to the right or to the left, listen to his voice. This is the way, the way of the gospel. That's our strength. That's at the heart of your church. The prophet Isaiah said it elsewhere, didn't he? Surely pierced for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. That which brought us peace was placed upon him. He suffered the very... The Apostle Paul also said it. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us that we might, we might be the righteousness of God. That's God's voice. Listen to God's voice. We gather today and we celebrate 50 years. For 50 years from this pulpit and from a pulpit in a soccer complex and a pulpit on Overton Road and a pulpit at the YWCA for 50 years that gospel message the voice of the Lord has been proclaimed faithfully for 50 years children have been brought and adults have come to that baptismal font and others doesn't matter the font the word of God with water And for 50 years, children are brought to baptism and unbelievers become believers. And God's work, the Holy Spirit is unleashed. And this is the voice of the Lord. You are my child and my name is on you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 50 years of God's grace. For 50 years, Pastor Kratz and those like him, God's mouthpieces have spoken the voice of the Lord to you. And the voice of Jesus himself has called struggling sinners like me and like you. And we step to the altar and Jesus sees us burdened by our own sin and simply says, this I give to you, take and eat. This is my body. This is my blood. This tangible proof of my love for you. This which says to you individually, my child, your sins forgiven now and forever, never to be remembered. I remember them no more, God said. This is the voice of your God. This is your comfort and your strength. On anniversaries, we have a tendency 
to look back. And we should. It's appropriate. But we also look forward. Your future is secure. God's word will not fail you. So he promises. As a congregation, I can't say, as the visible church, our Savior Lutheran Church, I can't say whether you will grow or not. God doesn't promise. I can't say whether you'll exist 50 years from now or not. I don't know. I can't even say that the wells will be here in 50 years, but I can say this. Your labor is not in vain. God's word will accomplish his will as it is proclaimed by his people, his mouthpieces in his name. In that sense, your ministry will be blessed because it will accomplish exactly, exactly what God wants at exactly the right time. Your future is secure. And as individuals, well, that's the best part. As individuals, your future is absolutely sure and certain. We say with the psalmist, King David, as God inspired him to write in Psalm 23, Surely, goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. The God who has guarded and protected and kept you. The God who has brought you to faith and preserved you. The God who loved you so deeply that he gave his one and only. That God will not drop you now. Surely, every step of the way, from here to death and on to life, Surely, goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. I know it. It's God's promise. And then, of course, the best is yet to come. I and you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The confidence that we have as God's people as the voice of the Lord shows us the way, wherever this life takes us, our confidence that wherever we might go and wherever we might live, the end result is exactly the same, that you and I one day, one day we will stand before God face to face in all of his glory, and he will say, even to the likes of me and all of you, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Take your place before the throne of my son, where we will gather with those from every tribe and language and people and nation and all of God's people where the effects of sin are gone. Our future is secure. And so today, we stop, we pause, we look back, and we say thank you, Lord, for your grace and mercy, the power of your word, and we look forward with confidence, and we live with thanks. Listen to the Lord's voice, faithful in our past, faithful for our future. God grant it. Amen. Our Savior Lutheran Church is located on the south side of Birmingham off Highway 280. We are on Dunnett Valley Road, about three quarters of a mile east of Treetop Family Adventure and Sports Blast. Our Sunday services begin at 1015 with Sunday School and Bible Class at 9 o'clock. We welcome visitors and hope to see you soon. For more information, please visit our website at OurSaviorBirmingham.com. Click on Sermons at the top of the page for a copy of today's service folder. 
You can also find us online on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.